You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm your host, Angie, and in the studio with me, Mark Bird from Revive Ohio. Good morning again. Good morning, Angie. Really excited about talking our second week about love. And it's so important to talk about love because God is love and it's the basis for everything that we do. Am I right? It is. And Angie, you think about love in terms of the world. How has the world tried to define love through so many songs and so mm. many so many expressions throughout the ages, right? Love is a, is a deep subject. Yeah, it is definitely a, very much a, a song. Every song seems like has something to do with love. Last week, we talked about why are we called to love? Why should we love? I think this week's a little harder because this week we're going to talk about how do we love. So let's dig into the scriptures. We're in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. Yeah, Angie, and this is another one where we read about the love of God many, many times. If you read the scriptures at all, you read about the love of God. But if you really look at it, how do you actually put it into practical use? And that's what we want to try to unpack today. And starting in verse 36, this is the Pharisees asking Jesus, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Quoting Deuteronomy 6.5 there. And he says this, This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. So what he's saying is, if you can fulfill these two things, these two versions of love, then you can fulfill all of it. And so when we're talking about the how of love, that's the fulfillment of love because God is love. He's shown us love and he's asking us to share that love. Well, here's something that just stood out to me. And I think probably for the first time, I actually made this connection in this scripture, but he says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, the second one is just like the first love your neighbor. So we have to love God and love our neighbor the same. The same. Yeah, it is like it. That's harder to do. It is harder to do. Let's be honest. Now, we would think, Angie, that it would be easier to do because you see, feel, all the five senses are available to us for someone that, that's a human. But God's invisible. And so it seems like it's easier to love God, but it's that paradigm shift again that we talk about a lot. It's from the natural to the supernatural. My thing is probably more that I know God loves me and he cares about me and there's nothing evil or dark mm. about him, whereas sin is part of what is in human nature. And so it's harder for me to love humans because they're sinful, not because I'm judging them on their sin, but because they hurt us. That's right. And I'm thinking about this because love your neighbor as yourself. And many times we would ask ourselves this, Angie, well, I don't know if I really love myself. I've heard a lot of Christians say that. Well, I, I love God, but I don't really love myself that mm. much. But you know what? This is an interesting thing. I thought about this last night. If someone was coming at you to try to cut your arm off, would you try to protect it? Well, sure. Well, of course you would. So do you not love yourself? Well, you really, extent, really yeah. do. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like you would protect any of your body parts from harm. 
So you do love yourself. We all do. And so what he's saying is, like you're talking about, Angie, the second is as important as the first. Jesus said, you can't really have one without the other. Wow, that's pretty intense. So I want to shift gears a little bit because there's a second scripture that we want to dig into. And it's funny because you and I just could not decide what scripture out of this chapter we would use. I think this is the true love chapter of the Bible. People say it's 1 Corinthians 13. No, this is the love chapter. It's 1 John chapter 4. So much in here about God's love. I mean, starting at verse 7, going all the way to verse 21. Last week, we talked about 19, but my goodness, the stuff that's in between is incredible. And it really speaks to the practical side of loving our neighbors. Yeah. And starting in verse 7, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So what you're saying is we demonstrate our love for God by showing other people love. Exactly. That's how the two are intertwined. And that's why Jesus said, you really can't have one without the other. Because yeah. it, it, it goes back to what we talk about many times, Angie, how you can't have really uh, humility without hunger, without unity. They all are uh, intertwined. And so love for God and love for our neighbor really is intertwined. And I think that's what Jesus is pointing out. But he goes on just simply to say in verse eight, he who does not love does not know God. Again, we've talked about this earlier, for God is love. And if God is love, then without knowing love, then you can't know God. Yeah, you can't separate God from love at all. And you're right, Angie, we could go through every other verse in this entire thing. But uh, for time's sake, let's just kind of move down and read verses 19 through 21. We read 19 last week, but we love him because he first loved us. And if someone says, I love God and hates his brother... This seems strong language here for John, but he's saying he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Wow. And that is where those two are intertwined again. Okay, so I understand perfectly that the Bible tells us we need to love our brother and sister because that's how we are showing the character of God, which is love. Right. My hang up is how do we love those ones that we consider unlovable Mm. or maybe go against the grain just a little bit? How do we do it practically? How do we get our minds right in loving the way God would love? You know, what's interesting about that. The only way to love them, Angie, in my humanness, is that I need God's strength and love to compel me to love them. Mm. So again, it speaks, (laughs) yes, prayer is definitely needed, but it speaks to my dependency on God. So that's loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And my dependency on him is the only way that I can love my neighbor as myself. And I think that's, it's almost a supernatural concept. I feel like I have people in my life and I can think of one individual in general that, that I couldn't forgive for the longest time. And I really had to work through that. Well, God showed me 
his love for that person mm. when I really sought after him in prayer. Now, it did take prayer that I had to ask God. I, I'm like, okay, God, I don't get it. I don't, I don't trust this person. I don't like this person. They've hurt me, but I need you to help me understand how to forgive them. And what he did show me was how much he loved that person. That made all the difference in the world. So it, it does, does take some prayer. If you got an uphill battle with this whole loving other people thing, God can do it. And it seems to me that the struggle in an unforgiveness situation like that is that we're trying to force ourselves to love them without... R- without God. Without God and his love. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's absolutely true. And I, I just think it's, it's also back to our identity. I think identity plays a huge, huge role in the way that we believe in how we act with others. Don't you think? I totally do. If we know who we are in God, if we truly, truly, and I'm, I mean 100% believe that God loves us and that he's for us and he only has good for us, wouldn't that make you want to be able to do anything Absolutely. Without, without having any reservation, if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt how much you were loved, you would be overflowing with that love and you'd be able to extend it. Right. Tough stuff. It is tough stuff, but it's true and it is the only way. And that is why, again, like uh, we've referred to before in John 15, why Jesus said, you've got to abide in the vine. You've got Mm. to stay connected. The only way for that love to flow through you as a branch is that if you're connected to the vine. So that's going to be the lesson, the takeaway for today is if you are dealing with trying to love people that are Mm. unlovable, (laughs) I like to say (laughs) it nicely, to dig in, to, to really get into the word. And you got to pray about it. You do. And God is really faithful, actually. And he does have a really unique way of showing us things. And so I I've completely trust in his, his counsel and his influence on our, our lives when we really humble ourselves before him and say, hey, I really need you to show me this stuff. I've had some straight up real talks with God before. Amen. Me too. <laughs> Many. We don't have to make it all super spiritual. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't get this. That's you right. have got to help me with this because I don't know how you do it. And he will. Yeah, he he will answer those prayers. Because again, go all the way back to the root. He loves them as well. Yeah, he loves them actually more than we do. Right. Which is something to take comfort in. All right. So we've talked today about how to love others. It is all through First John chapter 4 as well as... Matthew chapter 22. So get your Bible out. If you are struggling with loving somebody, that's the place to start. This is Time to Revive. We'll come back with some testimony for you. This morning, we've been talking about how to love people. So we brought in a special guest. This is Jedzia Cafe. Good morning. Good morning. I can never say her real name because we call her Jedi here at the studio. (laughs) Because <laughs> she's just so good at what she does. So Amen. She, we, we, Thank you. You went right past Padawan, right into Jedi status. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <I think so. laughs> you. I work hard. I try. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, go ahead and, and let's, wh- let's talk to Jessia about how we love. She has been part of Revive Kids, which is something you guys do. So Yeah, this is an exciting time for us today because... 
Uh, we've talked about Revive and, and all the facets uh, that make up Revive, and there are so many things to talk about and so many facets, and I'm excited about this today. Number one is because I kind of met Jedzia through Shine, but also with Revive, and of course, we unctioned her to get involved, and she did, and she became a part of the experience in Revive when it was in this county here. And so one of the things we want to talk about is... Uh, what were your expectations, Jedzia, like going in just, hey, by the way, we have a program that's called Revive Kids, and then we you got introduced to that. And so we always have expectations going into something. That's just human nature. Mm-hmm. So talk about for just a second, if we could, what were your expectations going in? Well, I honestly didn't know what to think. I wasn't, I'd never done it before. I had, I was pretty much a blank slate. I didn't know if it would be similar to like vacation Bible school or if the program was going to be really close to a what the adults were doing while we were doing Revive Kids. So I honestly didn't know what to think before or, I stepped in the door. Or is it going to be a babysitting program? Right. I was right? kind of worried about that, honestly. Yeah. In my mind, it still is because I still haven't done Revive Kids. Exactly right. And I, that's funny because I talk about that a lot. I go, folks, it's not a babysitting service, no. right? But now, Jesse, so now you've actually gone and experienced that and then mm-hmm. you walked into it and here's Revive Kids. Tell me about that. What was that like? It was a lot of fun. I was exhausted after every night I did it um, because we did a lot of running around. There are a lot of fun activities and we usually did the activities after learning the Bible lesson for the day. And that usually consisted of us going over the colors of the wristband and how each color stood for a different idea or concept or word, really. For instance, yellow is sin, is matched up with sin and the verses that go along with that. The one that sticks in my mind most is the creation day process that we went through. And I know I am not the only adult here in this area that struggles reciting back the seven days of creation or the like six days of creation. what happened on each day, you mean? Yeah. I mean, I can do, day, don't quiz me, but I can do day, <laughs> probably day one and day seven. And that's just about no, all I, I'm confident I don't on. think I could do it either. Can, well, you're a pastor, Mark. You can probably do it. We won't ask you though, just in case. <laughs> now, here's what I want to ask, Jezia, though. So what did you see? Because obviously when you, you, you walk into something and it begins unfolding, what did you see the goal of Revive Kids as? It wasn't much different than what Revive keeps claiming it wants to teach. So it's not a babysitting service. There was actually a lesson involved. And yes, we did a lot of running around and playing, but the concepts were exactly the same. It really wasn't watered down. They didn't bring the Bibles necessarily into it, but they did mention them and how the colors on the side match the colors on the wristband. But the idea was really more to get the kids also involved in the process because you didn't know which of those kids were going to go with their parents out on an encounter or which students were going to be encountered by the teams that went out. Okay, great. So listen to this. So Jedzia. What you're saying is you watch the children get trained Mm -hmm. and equipped just like we train and equip the adults. So were you a part of the adult training and equipping too? Did you see that? I did get to go out on a team into the community. At the time I was in school, so I didn't really get to do much of that. But 
which is why I, I volunteered with the kids. But yeah, I have got on, gone out on a couple teams and the training was exactly the same. We didn't include the Bibles just because it, it was almost like an extra step for them. Them having the wristbands and remembering the colors matched up with something and there were verses written on the wristband. So it's if they wanted to look it up, they could. And they were even encouraged to. So the yeah, the training was exactly the same. So what was your takeaway from the whole thing? Like, what do you remember sitting here right now? And this was a f- several months ago. And what was your takeaway from it? I was honestly astounded with how much they remembered. I wasn't expecting them to remember any less than what they learned. But the amount they remembered and retained was was honestly shocking. I've worked with kids for like vacation Bible school before, and I almost always worked in the music section. So that wasn't hard for them to remember because it was put to music. So the the fact that these kids were remembering things without having really any aid except the colors was really astounding to me. So the one experience that you actually went out on the streets during that, were, were there any children involved in that particular team that you were on? Not that I remember, but there were other teams that had children on them or at least teenagers on them. And so some of the testimonies that come back are from teams that had children on it. And I'm always astounded that those testimonies are, well, this child walked this person right through the Bible in the band, shared the gospel with them. And and it's because of what you witnessed. It's because it's simple but it's no more or less simple than what we train adults with, right. but it's easy to retain. And it's actually, and this is the most important part, I think, it's easy to apply. So it's easy to actually walk it out and live it and walk in love, listen and discern and respond. So Jezia, let's let's ask this next. If you had to say, because of the love, listen, discern, and respond that we teach, the love part has to be the foundation, and the love part has to be what we lead with. Sure. So can you talk about the love portion and how that works? I think adults tend to overcomplicate things. They think too hard about it. For instance, I... I don't like answering the phone. I will text, I will email, I will do pretty much anything before answering a phone call because I overthink it and I'm afraid of what people will think or what they'll imagine my face will look like. So I over, now that's probably just me, but I know we all overcomplicate things and, and kids don't, they don't think about it. They don't think about not loving somebody. They just don't think about it at all. They just do it. It transfers into them sharing the gospel. They just don't think about it. They just sort of do it because they're not overcomplicating it. They're not thinking about what the person's going to think. They're not thinking about what that person's going to say, how they're going to take it. They just sort of do it. And I think we can learn a lot from them because they just they just do it. So would you say that they make it simple? They yeah. keep it simple. They they keep it simple. Ah, what a lesson that is, Mark. Yes, that it we is. should keep it simple and just love. Wow. That's a lot of what we've been talking about. Amen. <laughs> it fits right in there. Okay, one last question for you, Jedzia. And so if you had a takeaway from the whole entire lesson, like what's your takeaway personally? Like what did you take away and is now something that you're carrying with you? Well, I really liked how you guys were talking earlier about how we should love our neighbor the same as loving God. And I think one of our primary goals as Christians 
is to become more like God, to grow closer to him. And the closer we get to God, the more we will become like God. And if God is love, then we are going to become more loving. When I was in high school, I was always frustrated with adults because it felt like they forgot what it was like to be us. They forgot what the pressure from them was like, needing to keep up your grades, needing to get a job, playing a sport, all of these things, and not to mention the social peer pressure. They forgot what all of that was like. And I always got frustrated because it's like they didn't remember. They just forgot. Now as an adult and as a graduate, I am understanding how easy it is to forget because I really don't want to remember it. I don't know why I don't want to. I just don't want to. And it's so hard to remember what it's like. So I think we can apply that spiritually as well when you and you guys were talking earlier also about hard to love people. If we remember what we were before Christ, I think it'll give us a new perspective on loving them. Because if God can love us through that and we want to be more like God, God loves this other person through that. So I should be loving that person through that as well, whatever it is. That's really good, Jedzy. And I'll have to be honest and say there are days when I don't feel like Mm -hmm. being very loving. I don't feel like sharing the gospel, right? But I have to, and this is what I do, honestly. I put myself in a remembrance that I once was lost. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the only way that I got found, okay? Was God. Was right. I was introduced to God and his love. And the scripture says that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. So it's the display of God's love that draws us in. And I think that was so well put. Jesse, you have anything to add? Well, it's going to be hard. And of course, it's going to be hard. If it was easy, we wouldn't rely on God. We wouldn't need God to help us. Amen to that one. (laughs) Wow. Well, we'd be doing it in our own strength. And then we'd be able to brag about it. And ah, yeah. that's not love. <laughs> that's true. Amen. Very wise for your years. I agree. I like how she graduated from high school and all of a sudden, boom, she's adulting. Right. And you know what it is? Uh, it's so it's less than a year ago. <laughs> but, when, ah! but when you adult, you have to choose what you remember. Mm-hmm. And the stuff you had to deal with in high school was high school stuff. Now you're on to life. There's other important things to remember, so don't beat yourself up about not remembering it all. Right. <laughs> There's so many great points that you made. I really appreciate your testimony today, Jadzia. Thank you. No, thank you. Well, that is it for today's Time to Revive. Thanks to our guest in the studio today, Jadzia Cafe. You're listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.